Welcome to the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast with Savon Penn, licensed professional counselor here in Portland, Oregon. Wherever you're at in life, this podcast will inspire and encourage you to be more brave in life and take the next best step between where you are and where you want to be. My guest for episode 24 is Michael Pancho. She is a licensed professional counselor based in Portland, Oregon. She got her master's in counseling from Western Seminary in 2015 and has been practicing as a counselor since then, focusing mainly on personal development for adult clients, as well as more intensive work for trauma healing and recovery. She utilizes the brain-based therapy modalities of EMDR and brain spotting. We have worked as colleagues at a New Day Counseling Center in Portland, and more recently, Michael has started her own private practice office called Wellspring Counseling in Southwest Portland. She and her husband have been married for five years, and they have a six-month-old baby boy who may or may not be the cutest baby of all time, though the researchers in this study have admitted to extreme personal bias. (laughs) You can find her on the Psychology Today website. I hope you enjoy this episode. We talk about uh, her moving to Portland and how she became a counselor. We also talk more about uh, her work uh, in trauma and how she helps clients and more about uh, EMDR therapy and brain spotting. All right. Welcome to the next episode of the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast. And uh, thank you for coming on uh, today, Michael. Of course. Thank you. Um, Good to be here. Yes. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background. And then I'm looking forward to to, to learning more about uh, trauma and EMDR Mm -hmm. therapy today. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my background, I... um, I have a bachelor's degree actually in vocal music performance, um, and that was the major I chose at 18 years old. And then mm-hmm. I realized quickly that um, I couldn't make any money doing that. Um, and um, actually, part of it too was that I decided I wanted to be in some sort of people focused career. Um, and so, yeah, so I chose nursing. I, I became a pre nursing student at that time. Um, and I got the advice from somebody that I should try working as a CNA in a nursing home for a little while and see if I really wanted to be a nurse, which in retrospect, I think was very bad advice mm. um, because that was like the hardest of the hard work. Um, but it did actually, I think, propel me more toward mental health because I ended up doing mm. that um, CNA work in a nursing home for about three years during college. Oh, yeah. And That's tough work. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I found myself um, feeling often just very much as if I wanted to just sit down with people and ask how they were doing instead of, you know, rushing, rushing, rushing to meet all these physical needs. I really wanted to care for the emotional needs. And so, yeah, um, yeah. So one of my mm -hmm. student ministries uh, at Multnomah was to, to meet with folks in the nursing home across the street. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had the chance to sit down with just a few folks assigned to me each uh-huh. week, but I would see the CNA is just like running around. Like, oh, yeah. 
like from person to person. Oh yeah. Um, so that's really tough. But yeah. <laughs> I um, you I was in college and I would have to get there at like six in the morning and you'd be sweating by like six thirty and you're just going and it was yeah it was it was heavy work for sure, but also yeah. really rewarding in a lot of ways too. I did yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. So you you decided to uh, uh, go into mental health or become a counselor and. So then mm -hmm. did you start in your uh, grad program, like right after graduating? Um, no, I uh, graduated and I was, I lived in small town, Nebraska at the time. And um, so I moved out to Portland just for an adventure and I had one and I had a lot of highs and lows after moving out here um, and just getting adjusted. And so it was kind of, you know, young adulthood and figuring out how to adult in general and I took a some few culture years. shock or I, um probably just adulting shock I think and culture shock yes yes okay. both yeah yeah, yeah. So, can, can you say well uh, why Portland like did I had a friend who had moved out here we'd gone to college together and she'd moved out here and I came to visit her and I wasn't planning to stay in Nebraska um, like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, I, I, I felt I had adventures to be had in life. And so mm -hmm. I kind of just picked it. I moved out on a whim and I didn't have a ton of direction at the time, which, wow. uh, yeah, that's brave. <laughs> it was, yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of, uh, folks in their twenties and thirties, even uh, mid thirties in Portland kind of come up to Portland on a whim. <laughs> at least it's yes. at least the, the the clients that I work with that that's a pretty yes. kind of a common story um it totally is and uh it's there's there's folks that grow up in Portland mm -hmm. but but there there there's a community of people who move to Portland after college there's and, so and many transplants yeah right and yep. and kind of finding their way um do you work with that uh young adult and uh yeah with mm -hmm. singles and couples yeah i work a lot with young adults um i have some couples but um i say primarily my average client is a young single female in mid-20s or and then i've got like young professionals and and you know some um middle age some older clients too but i'd say my average client is a young 20s or 30s female yeah mm -hmm. i am now i know everybody's story is different um but can you say a little bit about what your average client has like gone through in this mm. last year or two in the last year or two yeah uh yeah, I mean, COVID has definitely been interesting for clients. I know you, yeah, we all we all see a lot of that right now. Just the people who are struggling with anxiety struggle more with anxiety. People who are depressed are more depressed. Um, hmm. But but it, there's also been, I think, for a lot of people, silver linings too with um, getting to be home more, maybe developing their core relationships more, um, more time to reflect, more healthy silence and solitude and not being overbooked with everything. And um, so I guess your question was, what is my general class? Um, yeah, 
I would say a lot of the clients who come to me um, are dealing with um, some sort of maybe personal identity concerns or, um, you know, a big transition has hit and here they are with all their old stuff coming up and they're like, I'm not sure why I'm reacting this way, but here it is and I can't stop. Um, and a lot of young women dealing with maybe childhood abuse or childhood trauma of some kind. Um, and that's why they come to me because they, maybe because of EMDR where they, they know they have stuff they want to work on, but they, they don't quite know how. And so um, they want that trauma help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when folks like reach out for, for counseling with you, is it that they're like struggling with with their emotions being overwhelming like like struggling with depression or anxiety or are there other kind of signs um mm -hmm. i guess my question is like how, how do you know like when you need emdr oh um, yeah uh, or, or how do you know when you need counseling yeah um yeah i think overwhelmed is a very common word that people use which mm. i don't know how much that specifically means because it's just kind of a blanket word but yes mm. people call when they feel overwhelmed overwhelmed they're like struggling yeah. with life mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. with, with work or relationships yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and their support system doesn't seem to know how to help anymore um, mm. or they don't feel they have one sometimes yeah or they've talked to their friend enough times about it that their friend says you could should go talk to somebody like you need a yeah. therapist <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay yes yeah, yeah. So, Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've, you've got some specialized training in trauma. Can you um, share a little bit about um, uh, EMDR and, and, and trauma therapy? Yeah. Um, so I got EMDR training um, uh, pretty early on. I was not quite, I wasn't licensed yet when I went and got the initial training. Um, and I actually, I never expected to do long-term heavy work with clients. In fact, that sounded kind of scary to me when I started counseling. I was like, oh, I'll be solution focused, short term, like just more coaching, you know, um, which I still love. But I, um, the more I got into seeing clients um, and clients, stuck for a long time and we'd get to you know we'd see growth and development but maybe hit points um where i felt i needed more tools you know or they were still kind of maybe looping in the same old stuff and so um i had learned i don't think we specifically i can't remember learning about emdr in the program except for one book that um I think I might have read in our violence and abuse class um, that was uh, Getting Past Your Past by Francine Shapiro, who was the um, creator of EMDR. But um, that one, I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind that it was something that um, kind of this power tool for um, coming at trauma um, not in a thinking way, not in a top-down way, but more of a bottom-up kind of way. So, so 
often, and you know, working with clients, you can't always just say, do it like this and you will feel better. Um, mm. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes there's just a lot of stuff that just keeps happening subconsciously or just um, in a knee jerk kind of reactionary way that maybe the client really hates and they don't want to do anymore, but they are, they feel powerless over it. And so um, mm. I liked the idea that EMDR could um, help almost bypass that um, that like or we're clamping down so hard just like trying to change um and it almost like lifts that it suspends it so that we can kind of enter um in a in a different way maybe more through the body or more through the senses um and integrate that with the with the healthy thoughts but figure out what are those maybe core underlying beliefs that are just so kind of nefarious they're just down there um mm. and and uh, not necessarily conscious yeah exactly exactly so um so yeah so i went and got the mdr training um and started using it and i had many clients where we'd gotten so far and no farther and then emdr really helped kind of tip it over to the edge into where they really were feeling freed up um, mm. and that was really exciting so mm. yeah mm -hmm. can you can you explain a little bit more about like uh, how, how it frees you up because it, it sounds great but yeah 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 uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yes okay so um some of the idea with emdr is that um so trauma has a disintegrating effect so let's say that, um, let's take a four-year-old who was abused by her dad, maybe. Um, there are parts of her that um, could not cope. There was, she did not have the mental capacity. She did not have the emotional capacity to make any sense of that at that time. And so what happens is, is part of her gets frozen in time. Part of, she often has to leave Part of herself back there to carry on and um to continue living and so um in one sense that's a beautiful adaptive coping mechanism your brain um learns how to dissociate and detach parts of itself um in order to carry on in order to survive protect you and, and yes. survive yes but it's like that saying that every problem in the present was once a solution and so mm -hmm. so the brain did this thing as the solution it disintegrated it fragmented off certain parts of itself um, and now it is not operating in wholeness and so this adult is now now she's 25 and she's trying to establish an intimate relationship and she's always scared um, or she interprets everything as um, unsafe or, you know, um, and she doesn't know why she does that, you know, she's like, this is a good guy, whatever. Um, and so the idea is, um, or, or maybe one way of, of thinking about it is, um, it's like, if you, um, it, it, your brain needs to digest. And, and when you 
haven't, when you've had a, a, a good life or even some traumatic experiences, but you had the tools given to you at that time to deal with them, it had the opportunity to digest and it became part of your learning. It became part of um, tools and experience that you can now use. But if you didn't have the help through that thing at that time, it got stuck. So it's almost like you swallowed like a, a rock or something and it never could work its way through your digestive system. Hmm. Um, it's like that in the brain, like there's just something and it's just not jiving and, um, and the, the hemispheres of the brain. So you've got your thinking side, your feeling um, left, right they don't know how to um, to think and feel together ab about these experiences. And um, because again, they might defy logic or they might defy emotional capacity. And so, um, and so EMDR uses what they call bilateral stimulation. And so, um, and I guess I've never said what EMDR stands for. It stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. Um, and so we use eye movements or another kind of bilateral stimulation, which could be like, I have hand buzzers that people might hold and they just go zzz, 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 like that back and forth. Or um, you could tap on someone's knees or um, uh, I even have some headphones that do a bilateral sound. Um, but the eye movements are what most of the research was done on um, and so you use the bilateral stimulation um, that brings your gaze back and forth like this. And as it does that, it is accessing the different sides of your brain because where you look is directly um, connected to, to a certain part in your brain. Um, and so as we intentionally move your eyes while having you think about and sit with the traumatic memory in the mm -hmm. space of safety. So mm -hmm. the client absolutely has to feel safe and connected while you're doing this. Um, I have to have established um, safety. They know they can go with their pace, they know, you know, all this. Um, when the client does the bilateral while bringing up the traumatic memory, um, the idea is that it helps the brain reintegrate itself and digest it. Um, so now it can become part of their adaptive learning. So now instead of being this messy, fragmented thing, it's like filed away on the shelves so they can like go and access it um, mm. as, as experience. Um, and people will, they will often emerge from it um, either well, no longer being overwhelmed by flashbacks um, or um, no longer having intrusive thoughts, mm. um, which I would say are just signs of old trauma, like needing to be dealt with, but, but just coming out in uncontrolled ways. Um, they're no longer dominated by those things when they're done with, with successful EMDR therapy, but they are able to think about the memory without emotional activation, um, but wow. they can still feel about it appropriately. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Ac accessing the, the, the memory, but, but not, not being overwhelmed by it. Yes. Accessing or... it in a helpful way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they need to, when they want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Yeah. So you can definitely see how that would free someone up from feeling like out, out of control um, mm -hmm. or, or, uh, or being fearful of being overwhelmed or, or triggered by past memories or flashbacks. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Does it help with nightmares? Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Although there are times that it, it makes them worse before they get better. Because <laughs> mm. you... it's coming up and it's yeah, coming totally. out. It's working itself out. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, um, how... I, I'm sure this varies, but how long does like a like a, a course of like EMDR therapy like yeah. take? Yeah, um, it does vary greatly. Um, I there are times that you might have just and to be I should say that when people think of EMDR, they tend to think of the reprocessing work, which is what I've just been talking about. Um, as the whole thing, but EMDR is actually like a, it has eight phases. And two of the first phases are um, history taking and preparation. And those might actually take months, depending on where this person is at. Like if they don't have any tools or resources, if they can't ground themselves in between sessions or cope, I don't want to bring up all their stuff and then send them home. Um, and so, so those first couple of phases are really important. And and depending on how complex the issue is, how layered, how much dissociation is present, mm. um, those first couple of phases might take a long time before you're actually ready for the reprocessing work. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's helpful to know. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, I'm signing up for my EMDR therapy. Yes. They're, they're not gonna like you're go, not just go gonna to show an intake appointment start, yeah. and, then, <laughs> yeah. and start like doing things with your, your exactly. like with headphones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. It, it's it it's okay. It nice. There are some people who are otherwise like really high functioning in life and have tons of coping skills. And maybe they went through, let's say they went through um, one car accident that was really traumatic. Hmm. Maybe there was some catastrophic injury or something like that. Um, and they know, like, I'm safe now, you know, whatever. Um, and they have a sense of self and they don't have a ton of childhood trauma and whatever. They might, they might need one session of reprocessing work so you might be able to do those first couple of, like preparation um, steps in their first session do some reprocessing work in their second or third session and they might be so that's me it could be very very quick i see um, yeah. yeah sometimes it does feel almost miraculous like that but other people um, with the long-term trauma um i think it it still might take a very long time, but I would say if, if that person might have been successful after three years of intensive regular therapy, EMDR might cut that down by half or, you know, something like that. So, yeah. 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 So the, um, I, I, as you're just describing that, I, I remember, uh, like getting into a car accident one, mm. one year. And then just like very soon after, uh, like uh, there was like a near miss, like oh, the, the yeah, car yeah. behind me got rear ended, uh, uh -huh. uh, you know, and it was like within like a few weeks and like, I, I, I know I'm safe. I know I'm fine, yeah. but just physically yeah. like, um, you know, the anxiety of just driving around after yeah. that for a little while it and 
And I was just, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder if EMDR would have been helpful. Totally. Okay, now look to... at my fingers. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, so uh, EMDR, that, that's k- mm-hmm. kind of a more well-known and, and, and it's getting more uh, yeah. well-known uh, type of therapy. Uh, but uh, in, in your bio, you mentioned that you're, you're also um, uh, doing brain spotting therapy. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, So I haven't used brain spotting as long or as much, um, but I kind of discovered it through EMDR. It's sort of a a cousin of EMDR that was discovered by somebody else who was using EMDR. So he found that sometimes when his clients were doing the bilateral, they would their eyes would always glitch at a certain point in the field of vision Um, or they might have like a little tick or something that just came up regularly at a certain point in in the back and forth and so he started having people pause right there and what is happening right there and um and discovered that sometimes you can get like exactly down to the the key thing by pausing at what he called he started called a brain spot so um the is sort of like um a different way of accessing maybe where the trauma is stored in the body or in the brain and so um yeah so brain spotting let's see what else should i say um I have used both with many of my clients. Some people prefer one or the other. Um, I've had some clients who've done a lot of EMDR work and when they do brain spotting, they're like, ooh, that, like, that's intense. Um, but mm. they have benefited and they've maybe like had some big breakthroughs in brain spotting sessions. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of EMDR and brain spotting therapists who are very loyal to one or the other. So I'm maybe I'm playing, trying to play both teams still, but, um, mm. but I think some people just prefer, um, some, some people just prefer one or the other. So I it, it's one. neat how you, you can uh, offer both to your clients. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit and, yeah. and, and I didn't prep you for, for, for this question, Uh-oh. but, but, but I'm, I'm curious how um, how you integrate like EMDR therapy, brain spotting, uh, but just the, the work you do as a counselor with with your faith. Yeah. And yeah. then and then how do you explore uh, your your uh, how do you work with your clients when they have uh, questions about how to integrate their personal growth or yeah. their um, treatment of anxiety, depression, or trauma with their faith. That's a yeah. big question. <laughs> it is. Um, yes. And it, it, it is a big question, but it is one that I've thought a lot about. And, and I would say um, I get to witness really beautiful integration of that that comes naturally through my work um, with, I mean, especially like my Christian clients who, um, as they go through the process um, 
feel more and more as if the truths that they know or believe about God are false. They, it's like they, they bring those truths home and they, they really marry really beautifully, I think, with the healing. Um, I've gotten to really witness that. But as far as how I think about it, um, yeah, I would say um, just to, in, in general, um, I think God has wired our our brains and our emotions and our bodies in, a, in amazing ways. And since Genesis 3 and the fall of man, there has there is much disintegration that that happens. We have chronic physical illnesses and we have um, mental illnesses and we have things that have been done to us that never should have been done. And there are things that we have done that we never should have done. Hmm. And so um, in all of that, we are and, and broken relationships, right? Broken relationships um, that um, shakes our very foundation. And so um, I think EMDR to me is a amazing tool that um, God in his grace has helped people figure out um, that um, that helps reconnect some of those wires um, yeah, I, I think I see it as a like um it's a very it's a common grace thing, you know, to go back to theology class, but this is a very um <laughs> why am I pausing here? I think it's just such an important question. Mm. And I have given it a lot of thought. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. What would you say to a, a, a client mm -hmm. who, who's, who's, who comes who is maybe struggling with their faith because mm -hmm. of the trauma that they've gone through? Yeah. 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 Um, well, part of the EMDR process um, and I was talking specifically about EMDR because I do other kinds of talk therapy too. I have plenty of clients where I don't even use EMDR with them. But um, a part of the EMDR process is identifying what they call a negative cognition. And so that tends to be an I am statement um, that, that brings that gut punch feeling with mm -hmm. it. So it's like if, if somebody says, um, I am worthless. And they really feel that in their gut. It's like, okay, there's something there. Um, that is not processed. There's you. There's there's old stuff attached to that. And so, you know, I I would say to them, we know this is a lie. Especially, you know, a believer who comes in. They're like, I know I'm a child of God. He created me. He loves me. My name is written on his hands. But I feel worthless. Right. Um, and so it's like. The, the process of EMDR involves that kind of identification of the lie um, and the working at, at revealing the corresponding truth. And um, that the positive cognition, the person might 
know or want to believe coming into EMDR. And then, but the felt, um, they call it the validity of cognition. So the, their sense that, that, that I am worthy, I am loved, the, the felt sense of that grows kind of spontaneously as the therapy is successful, as that bilateral reprocessing work is successful. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. So, um, where, the, where they're not just believing it in their head, but here, they're really, exactly. really experiencing it. Yes, I believe it and I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I see, see that in so many um, clients, especially if they, they grew up uh, um, in the church or, mm-hmm. you know, they've been going to church all their mm-hmm. lives and, and they've grown up yes. hearing yes. that God loves them. But yes. still struggling with feeling worthless or rejected, or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, so, uh, with uh, EMDR or, or or trauma or or other areas of your counseling, what are some of the things that you're 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 learning or or sharing with, with your clients lately? Mm, lately, um. You did ask me this in the preparation questions. I don't know if I, let's see, what am I thinking about lately? Um, I'm learning a little bit more about uh, polyvagal theory, which is something that uh, a lot of, it goes very hand in hand with the idea of how EMDR works. Um, So that's kind of fun, Mm -hmm. Um, but let's see. And I think, probably for me an ongoing thing as a therapist um, who is a Christian is just allowing more and more um, my work or my thinking to, I mean, to try to really be spirit led in that um, and to integrate the two because it's, it's a lifelong process. I think as a professional counselor, um, you know, where we know not everybody comes to us wanting faith integration um and yet for us that's so central and i do see every one of my clients as created in god's image and mm-hmm. yeah so um, yeah so yeah see um I, I don't know if you've experienced this michael but but sometimes i'll i'll like read a textbook and and kind of swing kind of clinical uh-huh. Uh, with, uh-huh. with 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 uh, clients, and then I'll hear a great sermon, <laughs> yeah. or read a great like uh, book from a pastor <laughs> or a theologian, yeah. you know. And I'll like swing kind of. I, I don't get too preachy, um, yeah. <laughs> but I might kind of swing that way. Um, and then, uh, but but just integration for yeah. it, not just in practice with, with Christian clients, but for me, it it's kind of the primary way that I don't get burnt out. Yeah. Um, just so important to uh like just feel rooted in um in in faith and and connection with with god and and i really view the work as just uh like an expression of of worship Mm -hmm. and 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 Mm -hmm. the purpose and meaning of like why we're here and why we're in people's lives um and more and more too with with the, the clients that i have I, I always have like kind of this picture of the, the work that we do as 
part of like the pastoral ministry in Portland, Oregon too. Yeah. Like the, 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 the church of, of Portland yeah. and, um, uh, I, I, I don't think I've said that out loud, but, but that, that's kind of something that like is, is not necessarily in the back of my mind. Cause it's not always conscious. Um, yeah. but, but that's just kind of, we need just, each other supporting each other's work. Right, just trying mm -hmm. to support um, mm -hmm. the 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 community of of, of yeah. faith, like the Church of Portland, um, and because our, our poor city has been kind of beat up, uh, been it beat has. up this this year, um, and 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 then but things worked out for you when you came to <laughs> Portland, but sometimes it doesn't all it, it sometimes like... it's kind of hard. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of painful yeah. to yeah. be far from home yeah uh and then like yeah. trying trying to figure out oh yeah like life and and all the big lot. questions when you're struggling with anxiety or depression yes. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> I used to call my mom I, you know i was like 24 when i moved out here i guess and i would like call her and be like everything's fine every every <laughs> every phone call would turn into me crying about that she'd be like you can just move back <laughs> like no i can't <laughs> it's a little bit of a culture shock yeah. Um, Nebraska to Portland. Yeah. 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 So, uh, to, to shift gears, like you moved to Portland yeah. and then you, you, you met your husband. Um, yeah. yeah. So is it okay to, to, to sure. uh, hear a little bit about your story and, and, um, and uh, ask a little bit about how motherhood has been and how you yeah. balance being a mom and, and being a therapist? Yes. Um, yeah, my husband and I met um, actually like a year after I moved here um, through kind of overlapping social circles. And we, uh, yeah, we were just friends for quite some time. And then um, I started, got the vibe that he was flirting with me and I couldn't tell. And I, you know, we had this awkward conversation where I was like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm and noticing then, something yeah, yeah. <laughs> just checking in with him yeah, about it yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. um anyway we actually dated for a very long time because we I were friends for a while and you we, dated a long time we yes yes okay. correct um it was probably me not being able to figure myself out and i was in counseling school and just i don't know why but it was a very confusing few years and i was analyzing mm. everything about my family growing up and you know oh, lots man. of stuff yeah. and he's very logical and linear and I'm lots of emotions and we like as a as a unit we are very complete we're very opposite we're exact opposite you balance each other yeah yes <laughs> yeah. So same with, yeah. with me and Julie yeah. <laughs> uh, um when, when we got married we were uh, yeah. opposite on every uh everything yeah everything yes because yes. you're an ENFP too right yes yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. He's an ISTJ, um, yeah. which, yeah. So we just had like, when it was good, it was so good, but our, those early conversations trying to communicate about big things and, um, you know, really seeing and, things differently. Yeah. It was, it, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of like growing together to do. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So anyway, it, it all worked out and yes, the Lord had a sense of humor 
as I was in counseling school thinking I was good at relationships for me to uh, for us to <laughs> have that many uh, that much confusion in our dating life but um, yeah but then we got married and it was just easy when we finally just like got married everyone was like oh the first year is hard and it was like no this is great like we're our minds are made up and we're committed to each other now so it's really nice um, we've already gone through lots yes, of hard and confusion <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so we've been married for almost five years and we have a six-month-old baby and he is amazing and i um yeah let's see you said how's motherhood um i mean it's all the things that people tell you it will be but i think i was i've been just so pleasantly surprised at how amazing it is like um, I think everyone, you know, people are like, oh, you're never going to sleep and like, oh, just get ready till you have kids. And so there's kind of this, like, I don't know. I think you hear the negative side. The, like little. the dread or yes. like, like, <laughs> all the, like, yeah. Yeah. I think so I we think, could do better about yeah, that totally. for pregnant women. Yeah. <laughs> like, <for> please. Sure. <laughs> it's going to be hard for already. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the, the nice thing is my expectations were really low. And so then I was like, what? This is the most incredible thing ever. <laughs> and so, yeah, we I mean, it's been wonderful. And he's, you know, mm. growing. And mm. um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. He, yeah. He's he's young still. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but but I'll, I'll ask this anyway. Uh, is being a mom changing how you do therapy at all? Mm. Um, I think that it really will, or, I mean, I'm already a feeler, but man, sometimes like if I, see, I could just think about it like right now and cry. If, if, I if you're, to, if you're tired, <laughs> yeah. if you're tired yes. and, and emotional and, and, and yeah, like the tears yeah. are just like right there. Yes, yes, totally. It's like, is this hormones or is this just me? I'm not sure, but yeah. But yeah, just thinking of people's stories and like having a little child that I want to protect and love. Mm. And yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It gets really real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. I think it does. It take, it makes it serious in another level. Mm -hmm. that's... Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, Look we're, at you we're, counseling we're, me. We're, yeah. we're going to cry now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, that's right. This is normal. Everyone listening. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, as an aside, one thing I've noticed yeah. is that um, my, my clients cry less and, and I cry less with teletherapy, with, with video I sessions. I think that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, um, in, in some ways, people are more relaxed um, because yeah. they're in their bedrooms or living right. rooms with <laughs> sessions. Um, or cars. But, but, there, but there's, yes. Yeah. But, but I think like, because we do work and school mm -hmm. on video, like, I don't think people let down their emotional guard as much. Yeah. Uh, with video. Uh, it feels different. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Like you're, you're still able to do your EMDR therapy through video. Um, yeah, I've, mm -hmm. I've definitely paused with a lot, like, I have a program that people can use on their computer screen that I could control from my computer screen. Um, but it's just not, it's not the same. It's not the same as being in person with somebody. And if we have a bad inter internet connection, 
Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely suspended a lot of the actual reprocessing work with people. So it's turned a little bit more supportive. Um, you're kind of like, we're just going to wait this thing out until we can be back in person and dive back in mm -hmm. to some of this. So, yeah. 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 The, um, uh, so as, as we wind down our time for yeah. today, Michael, yeah. could you, uh, share a little bit to like, if, if you picture like your, like the, the, the folks that you work with, mm -hmm. like you're, you're kind of like, uh, 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 could you, uh, kind of sh share a little bit what, what's on your heart and, um, uh, and or any like lessons learned uh for for them yeah um yeah i think i mean to go with the theme of your podcast the the courage to um yeah i want all my clients to to feel safe in in the therapy space um to, um, to take those steps to face the thing because it really is healing to do that but, and um, to not be trapped under the lie that they could they could never change or healing isn't for them or um, or like maybe God hears other people's prayers but he doesn't, hasn't heard mine you know just I, my heart for my clients is that they would um, come into the room hoping to feel better and leave having come so much farther than they ever felt that they could. Mm. Um, and it's really exciting getting to see when that does happen when it comes to fruition that yeah. they leave freed. Mm. And yeah, and to feel that genuine relationship, you know, it's like, like like we're two humans you know i'm not just a therapist it's like we're we're here having like this relationship for your benefit but like um that i am on your team and that i'm genuinely interested in your well-being and i think that's part of the that's part of the healing it was in my own therapy you know that i felt that my counselors really cared about me and Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah. So if uh, people want to learn more about you or, or maybe even uh, work with you, can you sh uh, share your, your, um, your yeah. website or how they yeah. can contact you? Yes, I never actually got my website going, um, but <laughs> I'm on Psychology Today. Okay. And um, you can find me Michael Pancho, that's M-I-C-H-A-L, Pancho, P-A-N-C-H-E-A-U. Um, in Portland, and my email address, my, if you want to reach out about um, working with me, is M, as in Michael, Pancho, P A N C H E A U dot L P C at Outlook.com. Great. All yeah. right. Thank you so much, Michael, for being here oh, today. So it was so you. neat to hear about the work that you're doing. And yeah, thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. See you right. soon. Okay. Bye bye. I really liked learning from Michael how trauma 
affects our lives and, and gets us stuck. And even though I've been specializing in anxiety and depression and uh, different types of addiction over the uh, past decade and a half, I really am realizing and uh, committing to studying trauma more in depth and uh, learning more about uh, EMDR, um, also attachment uh, theory, and uh, I'm wanting to learn more about polyvagal theory and uh, emotionally focused therapy for individuals. So that's something that I'm going to be studying more in the next year. And as I'm diving into it, it's it's just really eye-opening how much it affects uh, not just individuals, but uh, marriages and family. Thank you for listening, folks. And uh, feel free, if you haven't already, uh, to, to give uh, feedback on Facebook on the Courage Coaching and Counseling uh, podcast uh, page. And uh, please, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe and uh, rate uh, the podcast and share with any friends who you think might be interested uh, in the show. Take care.